Blog Talk Radio. your host, Evangelist Janet Taylor, coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Glory be to God in the highest. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. I pray that uh, you are blessed. I pray that you have pencil and pen and you are ready to take notes because we have a good uh, teaching for you on tonight. Well, all of the word of God is good. But we have a special teaching for you on tonight. And um, just want to give you a little bit of information about our ministry, how you can contact us. Um, you can find us on the Internet at www.wallsoffiredeliverance.com. That's www.wallsoffiredeliverance.com. 
deliverancemin.com. And um, you can reach us also through email at jet245 at msn.com. And um, you can contact us by phone, area code 336-830-0601. Call us if you need prayer, and we will pray with you. Hallelujah. You can join us Monday through Saturday for prayer um, through online at the Sweet Hour of Prayer. It's uh, Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the phone number is 425-436-6333. And the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. That, again, that is the sweet hour of prayer. We pray for one hour. Jesus said, can you not pray with me one hour? Monday through Saturday at 12 noon and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you're going to have to adjust. If you live in a different time zone, you're going to have to adjust yourself to meet us at that time zone. The phone number is 425-436-6333 and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. Uh, if you are interested in sewing into this ministry, you can do so through PayPal or through Zelle. We do accept donations, hallelujah, and we thank God for our contributors. For those who have sent in offerings, we praise God for you and may the Lord bless you. And the way to send uh, an offering to this ministry is through PayPal or through Zelle using the email um, address for the ID code JET245 at MSN.com. So we're going to um, get right into tonight's message. I'm going to start by blowing the shofar. And um, I felt led of the spirit to blow the shofar. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I blew the shofar tonight because the word of the Lord tells us in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 58, he says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. And sound the alarm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So we have blown the trumpet tonight. Blowing the trumpet is a symbol of two things. When the trumpet was blown in Israel, for one, it was a sound to gather the children of Israel together. So they called for a solemn assembly. All of the tribes of Israel had to come together when the trumpet was blown. But also, it also carries another meaning. It, it is a sound of warning. 
a sound of warning, glory be to God, of some type of impending danger. And so tonight I am blowing the, the trumpet in Zion for two reasons, for both reasons, for uh, to gather the troops, glory be to God, to assemble God's people and for warning, glory be to God. Hallelujah. So let's get right into this word tonight. Hallelujah. And it comes from Ezekiel, the eighth chapter. And I'm going to be reading to you from the Tree of Life Bible. I love the Tree of Life Bible. And uh, it has been such a tremendous blessing uh, to me. It's plain English, but a lot of the words that we take for granted um, there's the Hebrew meaning to it. So I want to share with you tonight the word of the Lord from the um, Tree of Life Bible. And um, so we're going to go there. But I want to give you tonight's topic. The topic or our subject tonight is why the glory of God has departed from the church. Uh, in the beginning, I was going to phrase this as a question. Why has God's glory departed from the church? But I no longer uh, uh, wish to ask the question. I want to answer the question. Why the glory of God has departed from the church? So I'm going to talk to you tonight uh, and, and reveal to you the things that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. And so we're going to go right to Ezekiel um, chapter 8 to read our scripture. And it says, in the sixth year, on the fifth day of the sixth month, I was sitting in my house. This is the prophet Ezekiel um, speaking. He said, the elders of Judah were sitting before me. There the hand of Adonai fell on me. Let me pause right here for a minute. In case you don't know, Adonai means the Lord. So he said, the hand of the Lord, Adonai, fell on me. And I looked, and behold, a form resembling fire. Now, you would have to re go back and read chapter 1, to get the most beautiful uh, imagery, the picture of what uh, the prophet saw and um, how he is so intricately um, describing to us what he saw. So I'm not going to go back to chapter 1, but what we are reading here in chapter 8 tonight uh, corresponds with the description of Adonai in, uh, that the prophet Ezekiel saw in the visions of God uh, in chapter 1. So he said, the hand of Adonai fell on me, and I looked, and behold, a form resembling fire. And uh, he says, from the appearance of his waist downward, fire and from his loins and waist upward, something like the appearance of brightness as glowing metal. 
Now, what we have to understand here is that the prophet Ezekiel is on earth, and he is attempting to describe heavenly things in his earthly language. So he's trying to describe these things as best as he can. So he's using uh, 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 what we know as similes and metaphors to uh, uh, give us a picture of, of what he saw because the only thing that he can tell us is something that it was like. Glory be to God, so we could get a picture of it. So he said he saw from the appearance of his waist downward fire, and then from his loins and waist upward something like the appearance of brightness as glowing metal, something like the form of a hand stretched out and took me by the hair of my head, the ruach which is the spirit or the breath of God, lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. So we see now the Holy Spirit, and he brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the gate of the inner court facing north, where the idol that provokes Furious jealousy was. So we, we we get this picture of this prophet. He was sitting uh, somewhere with, with the elders. He was sitting in his house, and uh, the elders of Judah were sitting with him. And he has a vision. And in this vision, he said the hand of God fell upon him, and he began to see various things, and he tried as best as he can to describe what he is seeing. And then he says, something like the form of a hand stretched out and took him by the hair of his head. And I do believe he was transported spiritually somewhere other than where he was. And he said, the spirit lifted me up. And the reason I believe he was transported was because we remember when Philip uh, explained to the Ethiopian eunuch uh, the scriptures that he was reading, and after Philip baptized him, Philip was an evangelist, and after he expounded the scriptures to this Ethiopian eunuch, he baptized him because the Ethiopian said to him, well, there is water here. What doth hinder me from being baptized? This man received the word of God. He received salvation. And then the Bible says Philip was caught away. He was caught away. In other words, Philip was transported immediately from where he and that Ethiopian eunuch were to another place. So, uh, the Ruach lifted me up, the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. And he brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem. So he was transported from, from his house to Jerusalem, hallelujah, to the door of the gate 
of the inner court. So here he is in Jerusalem in the temple. He's been taken, glory be to God, from sitting in his house to, hallelujah, uh, 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 the temple by the door of the gate of the inner court facing northward, where the idol, the idol, so we see that there is an idol that is at the door of the gate of the inner court. And this idol has no place here. Uh, this idol, some such, some uh, sort of uh, statue or something that has been built by man, and, uh, and and placed there. And um, now we must remember that the children of Israel, the children of Judah and Israel are in Babylon under captivity of the Babylonians. And so what was placed there was probably a Babylonian deity at the temple, the house of God, at the house of God. They, they have placed a Babylonian, uh, a statue of a Babylonian deity. And he says, where the idol that provokes furious jealousy was. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this just for one second, but I don't want to stay here too long because I don't want to get, uh, uh, I, I don't want to lose my focus. Uh, idolatry, God hates idolatry and he hates idols. And so um, when when we have idols in our lives, we provoke God to jealousy because God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. So when we have these idols, and what is an idol? Anything that you put before God, anything that you uh, give uh, uh, precedence to, anything that you give preeminence to, anything that you, you, you say, well, we don't bow down and worship idols. We may not physically bow down and worship them, but we give place to them uh, uh, by putting them before God. If you spend more time with your idol than you do with God, Anything. I don't care what it is. It could be uh, a loved one, a person, or a thing, or uh, even an idea. Whatever it is that you spend more time with than you spend with God, it is an idol. Glory be to God. So the idol that provokes furious jealousy, and I want you to kind of put your finger right there because we need to know that idols provoke God to furious jealousy. And I'm going to tell you something, that is not good. So behold, verse 4, the glory of, of the God of Israel was there. So we see the prophet is at the temple door of Jerusalem, and there is an idol there also at the door. And the glory of the God of Israel is there like the vision I saw in the valley. He said to me, son of man, lift your eyes toward the north. So I lifted up my eyes toward the north. Behold, the north of the gate of the altar was the image, this image provoking jealousy in the entrance. So 
whatever this idol was, it was in the entranceway of the door of the temple, and it provoked God to serious jealousy. So he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations that the house of Israel is committing there that drives me far off from my own sanctuary. Now, that is important because God is jealous, and he is not going to, to share uh, the stage with anyone. He doesn't have to because he is God, he is almighty, and it was he whose son uh, he gave, and he gave his own life uh, for our, his blood was shed for our sins. So God has a right to be jealous because I don't know about you, but who else do you know that, that, that would do such a thing? Nobody but the Lord God. Nobody loved us enough but Adonai. Glory be to God. So he has a right to be jealous. Hallelujah. So he said, but you will see even greater abominations. Now, I want to talk about these abominations that the prophet saw. First of all, that they were in the house of Israel. And the second thing, God said that this is what drives him from his own sanctuary. So we're going to go back to our topic now. Our topic is um, why the glory of God has departed from the church. So let's make this connection. Now, because of the idols of that day that were placed at the door of the temple of God, that was an abomination provoked the God of all creation to furious jealousy. And he said that is what drove him far off from his own sanctuary. So that is what is happening today because of the idolatry. You say, well, we don't have statues. We, we're not bowing down. Maybe you're not bowing down to something physically. Maybe you're not getting on your knee. But the, the, the fact still remains that the idols in our lives, the idols that are in our hearts are still provoking God to furious jealousy. And that is what is causing God to leave his own sanctuary. So you say, well, what do you mean by that? I'm so glad you asked because many of our churches are going through uh, uh, of the motion. Uh, they're just having church without the presence of the Lord. So many churches are, 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 are so ritualized that they don't even know that God is not there. They have in church. In other words, the preacher is there. The choir is there. The ushers are there. Uh, 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 the band is there. The musicians are there. Everybody's there except the owner. The owner is not at home. So they're having church without the presence of the Lord. They're trying to manufacture a move of God, but you cannot manufacture a move of God. And so we have to ask ourselves, 
why has the glory of God departed from the temple? Why has the God's glory departed? The answer is found here in the scriptures because of the idols that provoke God to furious jealousy. Glory be to God. This is what has driven God off, far off from his own house. Glory be to God. And we can tell that the glory has departed because uh, uh, there's no power. There's no power in the house of God. There's no fire on the altar of God. You see, when I was a little girl, my grandmother used to take me to Wednesday night prayer meeting with her. And I mean those saints used to pray. They prayed so much and so hard. I always fell asleep in the service. But the good thing about it was I was still being bathed in, the, in, in, in prayer. Glory be to God. Well, we, the churches of today do not have prayer meetings. They have bowling night and bingo night and, 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 and Super Bowl parties, and then there's talent night. And, 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 and some people, some churches are even having dances, and uh, I don't even know where, where that um, comes from except straight out of the pit of hell. The flesh has no place in the house of God. Some churches are having dances. I'm not talking about the uh, worship dances. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they're actually having turn off the lights, uh, let's get cozy, slow, slow dancing, uh, and, and, and parties in the house of God playing secular music. Now, if you want to talk about what will drive God far from his house, those things will. Uh, having uh, 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 birthday parties in the house of God, having baby showers, uh, celebrating and worshiping men in the house of God instead of worshiping the one and true and living God, Adonai. That is who we should be worshiping because without him, we have nothing. So all the glory, we say it with our mouths, but then we turn around and we do all of these worldly things in God's house, and we think that this is not going to drive God off from his house. Now, let's don't even uh, get to this part yet, and I'm trying not to jump ahead of myself. There is also sexual sin and secret sin, iniquity found in the house of God. And for some reason, we think that he is present. We think that he is present in our temples, in our sanctuaries, but he is not. Glory be to God. He is not. Glory be to God. He is not. And I have been, I have a charge tonight from God to declare the truth of God's word. So I'm just going to tell you what thus saith the Lord. And you can get mad at me if you choose, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyhow, because God is not going to, as I said, he's not going to share the platform with anybody. So let's move on. He said, these are the things that drive me far off from my own sanctuary. Now, it's God's house. And we got all these people here. We got the band. We got the musicians. We got the preachers. We got the choir. We got all of that. But God ain't here. 
We have driven him off, far off, from his own house. He said, but you will see even greater abomination. And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, now dig through the wall. And when I had dug through the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, go and see the wicked abominations that they do here. Glory be to God. So I went in and saw, behold, every detestable image of creeping things and beasts and all the what? Idols of the house of Israel engraved on the surrounding walls. Standing there before them were 70 men of the elders of the house. So God said, he told the prophet, he said, dig a hole in this wall. He said, if you think what I've just shown you is bad, he said, I want you to dig a hole in this wall. And the prophet dug a hole. Then he said, there was a door in this wall. And so he, he opened the door and he said, go in and see even more wicked abominations that they are doing. So the prophet went in and he saw things that he could not even believe. All sorts, he said, every detestable image, everything that should not be in the house of God was there. And he said, and there were 70 men, 70 of the elders, 70, not seven, but 70. You would think that out of 70, one of them would have opened their mouth. One of them would have been appalled. One of them have said, no, this cannot be in the house of God. One of them would have cried out against it, but none of them did. They were in agreement with it. He said, 70 men of the elders of the house of God, Jeazaniah, son of Shaphan, standing in the midst, each man with his censer in his hand, a thick cloud of incense went up. So they were offering up incense to this idol. In layman's terms, that means they were worshiping this idol. Now, these are not foreigners. These 70 men are the elders of the house of Israel. They know better. But somehow, they have been captivated in their mind, and they are now worshiping idols. And we wonder why the glory of God has departed from the church. Then he said to me, son of man, do you see what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark. Every man in his chamber of his carved idol, 
For they say, Adonai, the Lord does not see us. Adonai, the Lord has forsaken the land. And he said to me, you will see greater abominations. Now, if this wasn't bad, he said, you wait. I'm going to show you something even worse that they are doing. And he brought me to the door of the gate of Adonai's house, which was toward the north. And behold, the women sat there weeping for Tammuz. He said to me, have you seen this, son of man? You will see even greater abominations than these. So I had to do some research and find out about these women who were weeping for Tammuz. And they were weeping because of this false god, Osiris, who had been killed. And they were weeping for him, believing that if they wept hard enough, he would come back to life. And from this, this is where you get the eastern stars and the daughters of Isis. Yeah, I'm hitting hard tonight. I'm going to call it out. Just like the scripture has said, Jehazaniah, his name was listed in the scripture. Jehazaniah, son of Shaphan, standing in their midst. The scripture is not withholding his name as an idol worshiper. He he was listed. The 70 elders have been listed. Their names were not listed. Then you have these women that are weeping for Tammuz. Now I'm going to tell you something. This is idolatry. And I have seen this. I have seen what this prophet Ezekiel has seen. I can't remember what year it was, but I had a dream. And in this dream, I was in a Baptist church, a church that I'm very familiar with because I grew up in this church when I was a young girl. My uncle and aunt used to belong to this church. And so when my grandmother got too old and sickly and could not take us to church anymore, we went to church with them, and they belonged to this Baptist church. And this was one of the most prominent churches in the city, one of the most prominent black churches in the city. And so we went to this church I want to say for about 10 years, because I went to it from the time I was about um, maybe five years old to I, I maybe about eight years. From the time I was about eight years old, I know at least till I was like 15 or 16. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that long. So in this dream, I was at this church, 
and the church grew and the church um, became even more prominent. All of the uh, highfalutin folks go to this church. Matter of fact, the church is right down the street from me now. They moved to a new location, and uh, they built a brand-new building, stained glass, I mean, magnificent structure, and uh, a beautiful temple. So I was at the, the new location in the dream, and they were praising the Lord, shouting and dancing, I mean, it was going down in this church. I myself was having a wonderful time at this church. And then I went downstairs in the basement. And it was very dark downstairs in the basement. But I saw two of the deacons down there. And I stopped to talk with them. And I said to them, wow, the service upstairs is great. Church is having a, I mean, it, it was just a great time in the Lord. You know how, how, how we like to say, oh, child, we had church, church. Yeah, they were having church. And so I was telling these two deacons, and they were in agreement with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have, yeah, this is how we do this. Yeah, we're having a good time. And so there was a room to the side, off to my right, and there were some people in this room, but I couldn't really see in the room. I knew there was some activity going on. And I said, hey, what's going on over there? And they said, oh, 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 don't, don't, don't worry about that. So I kept talking to them about what was going on upstairs in the church. And then I would look over to the side, and, and I was trying to see in this room. They had a curtain there, so I couldn't really see. And I, I, I said, hey, what, what's going on over here? What, what is that? And, uh, again, those two deacons told me, uh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So a little boy came downstairs. And he said, I want to buy a slice of cake. And he put his head in a window down by the door by the floorboard. So he stuck his head in there. So I said, well, I'm going to do what he did because I want to see what's going on in this room. And I got down on my knees on the floor and stuck my head in the same window the little boy put his head in. And this is what I saw. I saw about 15 to 20 women in white dresses with blue sashes across the dress, going across their chest. And they were marching in a circle, and they were chanting. There was some sort of ritual going on downstairs in the basement of this church. And because of this little boy, I got a chance to see with my own eyes what was going on. Now, upstairs in the sanctuary, they were praising the Lord. They were shouting and dancing and whooping and hollering, having a great time in the Lord. And downstairs 
there was a secret organization having secret rituals in the church, and these two deacons knew what was going on. They did not want me to see it, but God allowed a child to come and show me a way how I could see it, and I saw what was going on. So upstairs in the light, it looked like these people loved the Lord. Downstairs in the basement was darkness and secret sin and rituals and false worship going on and some type of initiation into a secret society. This was said from the church, and it was being done downstairs in the same building, but done downstairs in the dark. I knew immediately what it was. This was an organization known to many people as the Eastern Stars or the Daughters of Isis. That's what that was. And they were having some form of initiation. They were doing their rituals right downstairs in the basement of that church. So what the prophet Ezekiel is being shown, I have seen. God allowed me to see it in the spirit realm. I'm going to come back to this because I'm going to tell you something else. Now, I saw this, what I just described, in a dream, but I'm going to tell you something else that I've seen with my natural eye. I was wide awake and saw some other things, and God allowed me to see those things. So he said to me, do you see what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Where did I say this took place in the dream? In the dark. Every man in his chamber of his carved idol, for they say, Adonai does not see us. Adonai has forsaken the land. And then in verse 13, verse 14, the women sat there weeping for Tammuz. Now, if you think I'm making this up, I want you to Google Tammuz, the women of Tammuz. I want you to 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 just Google that, Tammuz, who he was and, 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 and what these women were, were doing. They believed if they wept hard enough, they could bring him back from the dead. Then he brought me into the inner court of Adonai's house. Behold, at the door of the temple of Adonai, between the porch and the altar. Now, if we look at Joel, Joel chapter 2 and verse 17, this is what we are supposed to be doing at uh, between the priest and the ministers. Joel 2 and 17 says, let the priest, 
the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thy heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? So the ministers, the priests, are supposed to weep between the porch and the altar, interceding for the church. But that's not what they're doing here. He said, between the porch and the altar were about 25 men with their backs toward the temple of Adonai and their faces toward the east, and they were bowing in worship eastward toward the sun. They worship in the sun. Do you know who that is? That's the Freemasons. That's all these secret societies. They turned their back to the temple, and they worshiped the sun. But these are supposed to be Christians. These are supposed to be God's people. Twenty-five men with their backs toward the temple of Adonai. They have turned their back to the Lord, and their faces, they are toward the east. Worshiping the sun, that is idolatry. That is idolatry. And this is all going on in the house of the Lord. Not just back then, but now it's going on in God's house. And God allowed me to see it with my natural eye as well as in the spirit realm. He took me into the realm of the spirit and let me see what is going on in God's house, what they do in the dark. It's why the glory of God has departed from the temple. This is why we cannot feel the presence of God in his house. Because he ain't there. This is why there's no power. There's no fire on the altar. And the Lord spoke to me on April, the year of 2020. And this is what he said to me, and I wrote it down. He said, many of the churches, I am shutting down, and they will never reopen because they have idols and false fire on the altar. I wrote it down. This is what I heard God say. Cause of the idols and the false fire that they are trying to manufacture on the altar. You see, the altar, when there's true fire of God on the altar, it will burn up the chaff. It will burn up everything in you that is unholy, 
It will burn up lust. It will burn up negative mindset. It will burn up that critical spirit. It will burn up that Jezebel spirit. It will burn it up if we had real fire, the fire from heaven, which is the fire of the Holy Ghost in our altars, in our churches. But we don't have that because we are a prayerless church, and a prayerless church is a powerless church. No prayer, no power. When is the last time that you saw the glory of God in the house of God? When is the last time? When is the last time that the glory came down into our worship services and the preacher could not preach? Why? Because the glory of God was present, and the only thing the people of God could do was fall on their faces and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They lay prostrate before him because he was present. When he's present, there's no need for a preacher. When he is present, everything and everyone weeps and worships in his presence. That's all you can do. You begin to feel his presence, and you know how unworthy, how unworthy, how unholy we are, because he is so holy. And you know that you have no business being in the presence of this holy God. I remember I was in a foreign country one time. And the glory of God fell in the service. Hey. And the entire service shifted. Nobody manufactured it. Nobody planned it. Nobody tried to make it happen. It just happened. I went on my face, and I wept because his presence was so strong. We couldn't talk. We couldn't sing. We couldn't do anything because the presence of the Lord was in the place. When is the last time have you seen the cloud? The thick cloud of God's glory filled the place. No, because we don't see the cloud. You know what we do? We go out and rent smoke machines and try to make it appear as the glory. That's not the glory. That's just a smoke machine. We want it to look good on the camera. That is not the glory of God. But you can have the glory of God. You can have the glory of God in your house. I've seen the glory of God in my own house. You can have the glory. It comes through prayer, prayer, sanctification, consecration, true worship. 
You don't have to fake it till you make it. I don't even know where people got that from. That 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 won't work. It won't work. Because God knows everything. You can't fool God. You can't make him think this is the glory. You can't make him think he's present when he's not. Now, you can fool the people who don't have the gift of discernment, but you can never fool God. So there were 25 men bowing in worship eastward toward the sun. And he said to me, have you seen this, son of man? Is it too light a thing to the house of Judah? And they, that they commit the abominations they practice here? That they must also fill the land with what? Violence and provoke me still more. Look, they are putting the twig to my nose. Therefore, I will indeed act in fury. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. Though they cry into my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. Remember, he said the idol that provokes serious jealousy. We have provoked God to furious jealousy by bringing these idols into the house of God. Two weeks ago, I went to a funeral. He was the uncle of one of my family members. And I always liked this guy. And when I went to his funeral, I was shocked. When I got there, they were just opening the casket. As a matter of fact, the casket was closed, so I thought it was going to be a closed casket funeral. My husband and I, we sat down, and we began to converse with another minister that I knew. We were just talking and going on. And finally, I saw them open the casket. And I noticed that the morticians kept fumbling and seemed like they were just making too much of a fuss over this body. And I said to myself, what in the world are they doing up there? And they were putting things on on the deceased. And I kept looking, trying to see what they were doing, and they put you know, pictures of him and his family on the right side, and they put something on the left side on a stand, and I was just perplexed. I was wondering, what in the world are these morticians? And they kept um, adjusting it and fixing it. And, oh, they, they, they were very meticulous as how they handled what they were doing. So finally... I got up. I got up and walked up to the front of the church to see what they were doing. And when I got up there, I was shocked. 
they were placing memorabilia on him. And it had to be exactly right. These morticians had been given specific instructions what to do, and they had to carry it out to the letter. They were placing the emblems of Freemasonry on this deceased man. They had to put this collar around his neck. They had to put these emblems on him properly. Everything had to be done precisely. And they were meticulous in their handling of their duties. And I watched them. And they fluttered and frittered over him for so long. And finally, when they got it right, I was able to just walk up to the casket and look. And I was shocked because this man was a former 33rd, well, he was a 33rd degree Freemason. And he was a former head of his organization. I don't know what they call him, the Grand Poobab or something. I don't know what it was. But he was the head of it. He was the big kahuna. And I was shocked. I told my husband, I didn't know he was in that. I had no idea he was a part of that organization. My husband told me when he was a young man, he said that they had approached him, parents about it, and his parents, his mother and father, both told him, uh-uh, don't get involved in that. Stay away from that. But they tried to recruit my husband when he was a young man, and his mother and father told him no. because he did not know anything about it. And what I found out about the Freemasons, I always knew it was satanic because it's a secret society, operates under the cover of darkness. They are not children of the light. They go to churches, but they are not children of the light. Because when they take the 33rd degree oath, they have to say that Lucifer is God. This is wickedness. These people serve in churches. They are deacons. They are pastors. They are ministers of the gospel. But they have made an oath to Lucifer. And you would think You would think that Christian men and women would not be a part of this. And they had this man at the funeral. He had a chair, and he had to sit there. He was a guardian. He had to guard that casket. 
And I said, what in the world? He's deceased. What is he guarding the casket for? The dead don't talk. The dead don't walk. The dead don't. He was guarding that casket. That was his assignment. And he had a, 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 a candle. It wasn't a wax candle. It was an electric candle. And it was one on each side. And he had that candle. And it was, I, I guess it was supposed to be the light. But there is no light in that organization. It is total darkness in the kingdom of darkness. All of what they do, they do good things. It's just like the church that I saw. Upstairs, they were praising the Lord. They were worshiping the Lord. But downstairs in the basement, there was secrecy and darkness. This is how they operate. On the surface, they do good things. They help in the community. They give resources. They pay for things for children. That's what they do on the surface. But underneath, underneath, they do detestable things. And these are the things that provoke our God to furious jealousy. These are the idols. These are the idols. And they bring them into the temple of God. They carry out their rituals. They care, every year they must have one service in a church. And I said, now why do they have to have the, a service in a church? Why don't they just go to their halls where they do all the other dirt at? You know why they bring, they have to have a service in a the church? There are two reasons. First of all, it is deception. They want you to believe that what they're doing is good and not evil. They want you to believe that they worship God, but they do not. They worship Lucifer. That's their God. And the second reason that they want to infiltrate the church. And these pastors, I'm going to say it tonight, Shame on you for allowing this ungodly, ungodly, unholy organization to come in your church and conduct their rituals. Oh, they bring a big offering. They will give a big donation to have their yearly ritual in a church. But a holy man of God would never receive it, would never accept it, and would never allow them to come in. Into the house of God and defile God's temple because this is what will provoke the furious jealousy of God and cause him 
to depart from his house. So we wonder why the glory of God has departed from the house of God. I'm here to expose it tonight. It is because of the secret sin that we allow in God's house. And God says he's going to judge. He's going to judge the people. He said, my eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. Though they cry into my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. God said, I'm not hearing your prayers. You have provoked me to jealousy. He said, furious jealousy. You see, the house of God, Jesus said in his word, my father's house shall be called the house of prayer. Ichabod. Let's turn now to 1 Samuel. Chapter 4. Now let's go there. First Samuel, chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First Samuel, chapter 4, tells us about what happens when the glory departs. So we're going to look at verses 17 through 22. I'm going to start at verse 12. And there ran a man of Benjamin out of the army and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. And when he came, lo, Eli, who was the priest, he was the high priest at this time, sat upon a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. Now the ark of God had been taken. The ark of God had been taken in battle by the Philistines. They captured the ark of God. I, I want to read those two verses. But let me go back. I'm going to start at the 10th verse. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten. And they fled every man into his tent. And there was a very great slaughter. And there fell of Israel... 30,000 footmen, and the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. And there ran a man out of Benjamin, out of the army, and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. And when he came, lo, Eli sat upon his seat by the wayside, watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. The ark of God was symbolic of the presence of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, what meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told Eli. Now Eli was 99 years old, and his eyes were dim that he could not see. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army. I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there has also been a great slaughter among the people. 
and thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass, when he made mention of the ark of God, that he fell from off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck broke, and he died. For he was an old man and heavy, and he judged Israel 40 years. And his daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken that, and that her husband, her father-in-law, and her husband were dead, she vowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God is taken. And because of her father-in-law and her husband, and she said, The glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. The ark of God represented the presence of God. And the name Ichabod means where is the glory? The glory has departed. And that's what we're seeing today in our churches. It's the spirit of Ichabod. The glory of God has departed from his sanctuary. He has departed because of the idols, because of the idols, the idolatry of sin, the idolatry of sexual immorality, the idolatry of pride, the idolatry of covetousness, the idolatry of nakedness in the house of God. He has departed. The idolatry of lust. God hates sin. And he is jealous for us because he paid such a high price for us. He paid for us. He purchased us with the life of his only begotten son. He has a reason to be jealous, but we have provoked him to furious jealousy. And I'm here to tell you tonight that just as God judged Israel for their idolatry, he is going to judge the United States for the idolatry in our churches. You don't have to speculate about it. You don't have to wonder. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You see, we're about to come into a new year. And the year 2024, God has revealed to me, it's going to be a tough year. It's going to be a very tough year. And in order to survive, it's going to require something of God's people. 
is going to require consecration and purity and holiness and prayer. Order for there to be fire on the altar again. The people of God are going to have to get desperate and cry out to God to be made whole. Because the glory of the Lord has departed. He has departed. Parted because of secret sin and hidden iniquity. Turn with me now to Joshua chapter 7. We're going to look at one verse, verse 21. We all know the story of Achan and how the children of Israel went up to battle against Ai. And what should have been a piece of cake as far as an easy victory turned out to be utter defeat for Israel. So Joshua, Moses' successor and the commander of the army of the Lord, he went before God weeping. He wanted to know what happened. Why didn't they win that battle? God said, get up from there. I'm paraphrasing. He said, get up. He said, there is sin in the camp. And so Joshua began to investigate and to search this matter out. And he separated the tribes. And the Bible says, starting at the 16th verse, so Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarites. And he brought the family of the Zarites man by man. And Zabdi was taken. And he brought his household man by man. And Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, I pray thee, give glory to the Lord God of Israel. Give glory to Adonai and make confession unto him. You see, it gives glory to God when we tell the truth. Even if we are guilty, it gives glory to God when we confess our sins. The word of God tells us in 1 John 1 and 7, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said, make confession and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord, God of Israel. I've sinned against Adonai, and thus and thus have I done. He said, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them 
he stole them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver is under it. They were told not to take anything of the spoils from this battle. Nothing. And Achan stole a Babylonian garment, stole 200 shekels of silver, and he stole a wedge of gold. He allowed the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All of these are from Satan. He allowed himself to be overtaken by these things. He did not resist the devil. He did not obey the word of the Lord. He did the opposite. And he took these things and he hid them in the earth up under his tent. And I'm telling you tonight, you need to go and get what you have hidden in your tent. The secret sin, the iniquity that you have hidden, you need to go and get it and bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, I am struggling with this and this and this, and God, I'm weak in this area, and God, I need your help. Instead of trying to hide your sins, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus can make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can cover sin but the blood of Jesus. And there are so many hidden sins in the house of God. Pastors going with their members, going with somebody else's wife, all sorts of adultery and fornication, flipping and sliding and tipping and hiding, in and out of motels and hotels, holiday in. That God can't see this. Then you want to get up and preach to people, even have the nerve to try to lay hands on people, transferring unclean spirits to people, the demon of lust. It's running rampant in the church today. Pastors cussing, even in their pulpit. Drinking alcohol when the word of God says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 2 Corinthians 6 and 7 says, Come out, 6 and 17, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We got to separate ourselves from the world. The world can drink wine. The world can do what the world does. People of God, we are the holy. We are the redeemed. We are the blood-bought church. We belong to God, and we must live a life of separation unto God. But we don't want to live separated life. We want to be just like the world. Jesus told the disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, but the world is coming into the church preaching to us. They're doing electric slides in the house of God. 
How is the world getting in the church? We open the door and let it in. Unholy alliances with the world, bringing in false prophets and false apostles. who want nothing but filthy lucre. All they're after is money, money, money. And they are proper lines in the name of the Lord, telling you how to live your best life now. You can never live your best life on this wicked, wicked world. You can never live your best life here. You won't live your best life until you see Jesus. When you see his face, when you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter ye into the joy of the Lord. You will be living your best life. Then. There is no good thing in this flesh. The world has nothing to offer you but death. And there was a time when we knew that. There was a time when we knew what it means to be holy. There was a distinction. People knew if you were saved. Now everybody say they saved. Oh, I'm Christian. I'm Christian just like you. But we don't see the fruit of righteousness. Where's your fruit? You're doing exactly what the world is doing. You have no fruit. There's no evidence that Christ has been formed in you. You're still cussing, still lying, still whoremongering, still backbiting, still cheating on your taxes, still lusting after someone else's wife. You got a wife. Still having filthy communication proceed out of your mouth. The Bible says, let no filthy communication proceed out of your mouth. If God can save your soul, surely he can save your mouth. He can clean your mouth out. He cleaned out mine. I had the filthiest mouth in the world. When I was in the world. But God cleansed me. Woo! How did he say? He cleansed me from all unrighteousness. He washed me in the precious blood of the Lamb. He sanctified me. He justified me. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I have no desire to go back to that. We're toying with sin. Having throwback Thursday in the house of God. I don't want to go back. What is there to go back to? Press toward the mark of the high calling, which is Christ Jesus. I'm pressing on. Why are we playing with sin? Do you know that our God is holy? 
He is a consuming fire. Glory be to God in the highest. God is nothing to play with. And we wonder, why has the glory departed from the church? Leviticus 6 and 13, I want to read that. I'm coming back to, 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 to the story. Leviticus 6 and 13, it says, because of the burning upon the altar all night until the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. Do you know when the glory of the Lord departed from the temple, when the glory of Adonai left the church, the light in the temple went out? But the Bible says that the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. This is one of the ordinances of God. You say, well, that's the Old Testament. That's for the tabernacle. Do you know that the, the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost? Is the fire of the New Testament? And it must never go out. The fire of the Holy Ghost must ever be burning upon the altar of your soul. You see, when there's fire on the altar, glory be to God in the highest. The fire is to burn up wickedness, to burn up iniquity. It's there to burn up sin. But if there's no fire on the altar, if the fire in your life, the fire of the Holy Ghost has gone out, You're like a ship without a sail. You're just drifting. You're just drifting. And that's what's happening in our churches today. The glory of the Lord has departed from the church. And we don't even know it. So what we do is, because the glory is not there, we go in and try to manufacture a move of God. We're going to make it look like God is there when he is not. He has departed from many of our churches. The fire. You know what keeps the fire on the altar? Prayer. Prayer is what keeps the fire on the altar. We are living in a day where there's no prayer going on in the church anymore. No prayer warriors, no intercessors. The ministry of intercession has ceased. And if you do have a prayer meeting, only about five people will come. Prayer meeting is the least attended meeting 
in the church. And most churches, they don't even have prayer meeting anymore. So we can't get nobody to come out here and pray. But yet you still having church. Woo! Y'all having church without the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. When is the last time you experienced the fire? Cut out of in the house of God. I have been in the glory. I have been in the glory. I could not talk because the glory was so strong in the house of God. And a young man, he, he, he tried to talk to me, and I put my finger to my mouth as if to say, silent, don't talk to me. I'm in the glory. I'm in the presence of the Lord, and I ain't coming out to talk to you. I'm going to stay right here in the presence of the Lord. Almond. He's a true worshiper. He has a song. I encourage you to listen to it. Call in the presence of Jehovah. One of the sweetest songs I've ever heard in my life. The words. Those are not earthly words. They didn't come from the earth. Those words came from heaven. In the presence of Jehovah. Psalm 16 and 11 says, In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord has departed. From the house of God because of the idols. Instead of worshiping the Lord, we are worshiping men and women. Because of the abominable things, the ungodly, the unholy, this is in the secret societies and all of the rituals the enchantments and the incantations, witchcraft, the glory of the Lord has departed. Ha! Yet in the Boshe! There's no repentance, no weeping of the priests and the ministers between the porch and the altar. Good God. The ark of the Lord was taken and the mother, Eli's daughter-in-law, as she gave birth to that baby, she named him Ichabod. Saying, where? Is the glory. 
Hallelujah. Where is the glory? Let me go back to Achan. So Achan had taken these things, the watch, water gold, silver, the Babylonian-ish garment. And he said he coveted them. He knew what God said, but he said, I wanted it. I wanted these things. And so I took it and hid it in my tent under the earth. He dug a hole and buried it under the earth, and then he covered it up so it looked like he, he didn't have anything. But how many of you know about the all-seeing eye of God. God said, I see what you are doing in my sanctuary. I see what's being done in the dark. I see what you do behind closed doors. I am the all-seeing God. You cannot hide anything from me. The day and the night is the same with me saith the Lord. You can't hide anything from God. He is the omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. She couldn't be us. Check it. And omnipresent. He's everywhere. At the same time, you can't contain God. You can't put God in a box. So Achan confessed. And Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent. And behold, it was hid in the tent. It was just where he said it was. And the silver was under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua. And all the children of Israel laid them before out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment and the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought it unto the valley of Achor. The valley of Achor means valley of trouble. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? We lost the battle on account of you. We lost men. Men lost their lives on account of this sin. Why have you troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel 
stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. So Joshua didn't just get himself in trouble. His sin caused a lot of people to die in the battle against Ai. But then afterwards, he caused his whole family to be wiped out and put to death. And they raised over him. They burned him with fire and stoned him with stone after they had stoned him. And they raised over him a great heap of stones until this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Now, just a minute ago, we read about the serious, the furious jealousy of God, and now we see the fierce anger of God. We need to learn from this. See, this could not only just wipe you out, this could wipe out your whole family. Because of the idolatry, the secret sin, and the hidden iniquity. Glory be to God. We need to get on the altar. We need to get on the altar. Hey! And cry out to God for mercy. We need to pray Psalm 51 unto the Lord. You see, the word of the Lord says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, and turn from their wicked ways. See, we got to pray. We got to humble ourselves and pray. And then turn from our wicked ways. He said, then I will hear from heaven. I will hear you as I sit upon my throne. I'm going to hear the cry of repentance. But I'm not going to hear all this other stuff that you're asking for. I'm not going to hear that. I will only hear the cry of repentance. He said, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Oh, yeah, the land is sick. The land is sin sick. America is sin sick. America is in trouble. America's in trouble. We are under the judgment of God. We have provoked God to furious jealousy. Hallelujah. And we need to repent. So that the Lord will turn from
from the fierceness of his anger. Glory be to God. I'm going to leave you that note. The time is now. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Now is the time to cry out to God in repentance for your sins, the sins of your family, and the sins of our nation. Glory be to God. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from the Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Tonight's message has been why God's glory has departed from the church. May this word convict you and bring you to tears. May this message cause you to fall on your knees in true repentance because judgment is coming. May God raise you up to be an intercessor who will stand in the gap and say, Lord, spare thy people. Spare us, O God from destruction, the destruction that we deserve because we have turned our backs to you and have worshipped idols in our lives. And you might say, well, I don't have any idols. I'm going to tell you what one of the idols is. One of the, the modern-day idols is that cell phone. Have you seen how glued you are to it? Our children are glued to it. Put that idol down. And they will scream and cry if you take that idol from me. They will. They will. I've seen them as young as three years old with that idol. And they scream. They cannot part with it. I don't know why a parent would buy a three-year-old a cell phone. But they have them. And they have become idols in the lives of our children. They are fixated upon them. This is one of the reasons why they're not learning in school, because of the idol in their hands. And you are paying for it. You're paying for them to be connected to their idol. 
Another idol is the television. Grown men and women cannot carve away time to spend in prayer because of that idol. You see, we have idols. There are other idols as well. Idols can be people, and idols can be things. We can even make idols out of things you would not believe. But God hates idols, and they provoke him to furious jealousy. To sit down and examine yourself tonight. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, show me my idols. He'll show them to you. Then you got to ask God's help to get rid of your idol. May God bless you. This is Evangelist Janet coming to you live with the word of the Lord. Why God's glory has departed from the church. We're at Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International, www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. Our phone number is 336-830-0601. And our email address is jet245 at msn.com. I'm going to close. With the benediction, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 13, verse 20, 21. God bless you. Amen. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.